The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Oh, Luna, how do you get so high? Welcome to Why We Are Here with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. Why We Are Here is a portal of heartfelt communication designed to inspire you with expansive words of wisdom, personal insight, and open candor from luminary guests around the world. Now, here's your host, Sharon Rose Washington. Hello, and welcome to Why We're Here. I'm your host, Sharon Rose Washington. You've now entered into the comfortable atmosphere where luminaries from around the world come to speak from the heart. Today, my two astounding guests have given so much to so many. They humbly wield their power behind the scenes while making big things happen. And today, we have an opportunity to celebrate them. My first guest joining me is none other than the legendary Charles Adikoff namesake of the most discreet room in town. The Charles Adikoff screening room tucked away in Beverly Hills has been a favorite haunt of many celebrities on the planet for many years. He's orchestrated some of the first screenings of Star Wars for George Lucas. He's run early test screenings for the iconic Peter Sellers, Orson Welles, and John Cassavetes, to name a few. Over the 77 years that Charles Adikoff has been in the industry, it's said that he's seen over 50,000 movies. Now, we'll find out in a moment from Charles a few fascinating stories that have taken place in this quietly hosted screening room of the Hollywood Elite. And I'm here right now, as a matter of fact. Now, later on in the show, I'll be speaking with project director Juliette Bainon of Canine Connection. It's a powerful nonprofit program here in the Los Angeles area that reshapes the lives of teens in challenging situations by placing them in interactive contact with shelter dogs to build and create trust, solid foundations, and win-win behavioral attitudes. Now for my first guest on Why We're Here, and I'm proud to say he's my friend, the distinguished Charles Adikoff. Hi, Charles. Hi, Sharon. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm happy to be here. Well, you want to know something? At my age, I'm happy to be anywhere. Now, when you say my age, do you want to tell them? Oh, I can tell them. uh, 98 on Friday next. That's beautiful. February 22nd. For those who don't know what Charles Adikoff Screening is all about, just tell us what your facility offers and how long it's been in operation. Okay, first let me say the introduction that was made for me as being a legend, it used to be a legend. I'm no longer a legend. I am now an icon. <laughs> See? Okay. There's a little okay. difference. And forgive uh, me. I, I forgive you for anything. Sharon, I love you. Thank you. I love you too, Charles. Okay. But unfortunately, your daughter is sitting right alongside of me, so I've got to be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did, how did you start? I mean, tell, tell us, go way back. Sure, way back. Well, my dad was a projectionist in Brooklyn, 
in Manhattan, and whenever he ran a show on a Saturday, in those days they had matinees for Saturday for the kids to come in, where they showed them a serial every Saturday that kept going week after week for maybe six to eight to ten weeks. And I would come in with my dad, and by the time I reached the age of seven, I was watching my dad every Saturday when I was there to see what he was doing. And then one day I said, Dad, I know I'm too young, but can't you break me into this thing? Because I know eventually I'm going to do the same thing that you're doing. So he did. So I will very, very easily say to you that I started when the film was still silent. There was no sound. And that's amazing. And you actually, you worked with um, Al Jolson's film? Well, yes, the Al Jolson film came out in 29, but unfortunately everybody thinks that was the first sound film. It wasn't. first sound film was in 1927. It was called The Lights of New York. And it was not on film. It was a record that was underneath the projection machine, and it had to be checked together with the beginning of the film and where the needle should be placed on a record. And let me tell you, if a truck drove by on that street, it started to bounce up and down, you'd have to shut down and start all over again with the sound because you were off kilter. So that was my experience at the beginning with the sound. So how different was it? Tell me exactly, you know, how it worked with the sound and the, the projection itself. Well, there's no comparison. I mean, when people ask me in the entire motion picture industry, what is the greatest achievement has ever happened in the entire time from the beginning? I said, there's only one answer. It was when they introduced sound on film. Everything else happened afterwards, but without the sound, you wouldn't have what you got now. Well, everyone counts on you to be there, and you have a right hand, which is Josh, your your grandson, right? I have, yeah, Josh is my grandson, and then our manager is Thad. He's here also. So it's a family business. Oh, and yes, I have a family business, yes. I have something beautiful that was said by Josh, and I want to share with everyone out there and with you. He said, when people hear the name Adakoff, they think of quality, technical reliability, and excellence in screenings. As the fourth generation of my family in the screening industry, I've learned much from my grandfather over the years as I work alongside him. I'll continue the family tradition to strive for nothing but perfection and to ensure that the Adakoff name is the benchmark for all screening rooms. Well, that is beautiful. In fact, I should say at this particular time, he did it exactly the way I wrote it for him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's let's move forward. I, I want to ask you because being someone who's a projectionist, and I and I've been around you, and you know quality films. What do you feel the audience wants or needs these days in regarding to viewing material in motion picture? Well, I think they what they like to do is see good films today. Unfortunately, not every film that comes out is what you would call a good film, but the best films are the ones that. People like such as good dramas, good musicals. Uh, but nowadays they're really going way offline with all this violence and all this killing. And uh, sure, you're, it's bringing money into the box office, but uh, I, I never liked uh, so much of that. 
Yeah, so it, more love stories, more heart to heart family comedies. Uh, yeah, com- I love comedies. Yeah. I do. Now, you were honored in 2011, uh, the Charles Adikoff Screening Room, and it was Lightyear Digital uh, Entertainment. Yeah. Um, you said something which I found really fascinating. You said, I never really did believe in reincarnation, but going through so many sequels, I now know it's a possibility. Uh, that's well, how long you've been in the business. Well, that's so wild. I said that going through the business all those years that I felt that the best thing for me would be to be part of a sequel. And that's the way it came out, and they were right. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, it's been a privilege to join you from time to time in the, in the screening room, and I think recently we saw Broken City, which I thought was a pretty good picture. Um, you've had so many visitors who've passed through, um, and I know you've got some great stories. Can you tell us the story of one of your visitors? Sure, be glad to. I went out to the bank one day, just a few blocks from here, came back, and the uh, projectionist said to me, we have just one person for this screening. I said, who? He says, go in. you look for yourself. So I walked in. I looked at this man, and I said, pardon me, sir, uh, your name? He says, uh, I'm Denzel Washington. I said, oh, you're Denzel. I remember Denzel when was a 16-year-old black kid doing a film called Carbon Copy with George Siegel turned out to be your father. He said, wow. holy James, you still remember that? That was 35 years ago. I said, I remember wow. everything in this business. That's the wow. fun I have with Denzel. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> you, also, you also had uh, Prince Charles here? Oh, yes, yes. That's another story with Prince Charles. I was told that when he comes in and he's introduced to you, for the first time you must address him as your royal highness, which I did. Now the show was over, and on his way out, we're shaking hands. I even have pictures of that on the wall where I said to him, quote, Princey, the next time you come to town, I'll show you a film, no charge. Everybody laughed. He shook my hand, and he was laughing. But on the way out, the Secret Service guy and also the guy from Scotland Yard says to me, man, he says, you got balls. No one has ever called him Princey. <laughs> well, I said, now they can't say that, that he has been called Princey. Well, from, from Charles to Char- Charles, right? Yeah. And, and, it, and it's kind of like Charles in charge, because this, this is your, your screening room. Right. Now, you've seen it all. Do you have any advice for any young people out there in the entertainment business? Um, we, later on in the show, we, we have a lot of emails from uh, a lot of them are young people. And some advice that you can give them, whether they're behind the scenes or in, in front of the camera. Whichever they decide to do, don't try to do everything. Stick to just one thing that you would like to do, direction, photography, uh, filming, do anything. But the trouble is I see so many of these young people nowadays, they come and say, look, they do this, I did this three months ago, I did this. Stick to one item and finish it. And if it doesn't work, then go to the second item. And in that way, you're sticking to one place and your chances are much better than looking at three different things that you want to do. Do one thing at a time. That's beautiful. Thank you. Now, who do you admire? Whose work, uh, actor, directing, because you've dealt with all of them, whose work do you admire? Well, naturally, if everyone says differently, I still think that Steven Spielberg is the, what would I call him, the um, Orson Welles of his time. Orson Welles was one of the greatest, and Steven Spielberg is just wonderful. 
He's done some wonderful things, and he was the one that was very responsible for the final showings of a film that the studio didn't think would be ready and be finished because they were going way overboard on the charges, on the cost. But he pleaded with them, let me finish it, which they did, and it wound up doing $340 million. The name of the picture was Jaws. So I'm sure you oh, wow. remember that. Of course. <laughs> okay. That's Spielberg major. One of the greatest. In fact, even what's his name nowadays is Ben Affleck from this Argo. Uh, he's going to be uh, one of the top directors of all time. He is good, wonderful. Argo, he did. Very good film. Uh, and uh, people ask me about the Academy Awards for this year, and I tell them that Argo and Lincoln are my two favorites, and I'm sure one of the two of them will win. Fantastic. I didn't see Lincoln, but I definitely saw Argo, and Ben Affleck is a favorite actor of mine, and it's nice to hear he's directing. Now, you're, you're involved in many organizations, and, and you're truly about giving back. That's what this show is about, and I couldn't find two better people than you and, and my second guest, Juliet. But in your own words, can you tell us the importance of giving back, and, and tell us about a few of your involvements? Okay. I've been involved in doing a lot of live auctions on stage for many, many big charitable organizations. I can go through so many of them, but let me stick to the one that I just did three weeks ago for the Beverly Hills Police Department, where before I offered my items that I was giving, I had a little two, two or three-minute shtick that I pull on, being a, a long-time uh, stand-up. And I said to them, you know, I was pulled over by one of your Beverly Hills cops the other day and said to me, you were speeding. I said, come on. I said, I wasn't exceeding the speed limit. He looks at me. He says, can I see your ID, please? I said, sure. I gave him the ID. He looks at the picture. He looks at me. He says, this doesn't look like you. I said, you see, I told you, you got the wrong guy. Huh? <laughs> well, and then I tried to bribe him, but he refused to take a credit card. So you've done a lot with the uh, police department, matter of fact. Oh, yes. But then the best thing with the police department, I told him that the other night, three burglars broke into a big pharmacy closed late at night, very big. And there were three burglars that did it. They stole all of the Viagra, all of the Cialis that they could find, all of it. So now the police are out looking for three hardened criminals. Oh, Lord. Okay. See? Okay, Charles. No, oh, wait. They're not finished with them. I was told that when they're found and convicted, they are going to be charged by the judge with a hard and stiff sentence. Now, see, the thing that people don't know out there is that you studied or you were friends with a famous comedian. And that's part of your calling, I think, because you're, you're doing stand-up right now. And who was the comedian? The one that I started with originally was Henny Youngman, and that was up at the Catskill Mountains about, oh, I'd say about 75, 80 years ago. He was the greatest. He would come out on stage with a violin in one hand, bow in the other hand, stop. So we're going to come back. We're going to take a quick break, okay? But when we come back, we are going to get a few of the organizations that Charles has been involved with as far as giving back. And uh, in the meantime, you may find me on Twitter at Sharon Isis Rose or email me at Sharon at info. And if you have any questions for our legendary, iconic 
guest, Charles Adakoff of the Charles Adakoff Screen Room. Uh, remember to go to IsisRoseCreations.com to the contact page and give us your take also on why we're here. And you'll be invited on the show as a guest. And in addition, you'll receive a few gifts from here on the Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back after the following announcement. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Wouldn't you love to experience formidable, personal, transformational changes to highly benefit your life and those around you? Do you want to eradicate anything holding you back from living with focused clarity in a harmonious lifestyle of the highest of intent, vitality, and abundant well-being? Empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington is here to assist you in the revolution of your evolutionary self. In these unpredictable times, it is important to connect with one's own pure inner power base of expansive creativity heightened intuition, and radiant fulfillment. To contact visionary Sharon Rose Washington for information or to make an appointment, call 323-960-5167 or email Sharon at whywearehere.info for a free introductory consultation. For immediate empowerment coaching and energetic transformational healing services, please call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-HEAL. It's time to celebrate the joyful life of the authentic origin you were meant to live. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Welcome back to Why We Are Here with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. If you have a question about the program or would like to share a comment, Please send an email to Sharon at whywearehere.info. That's Sharon at whywearehere.info. Now, back to the show. Hello, welcome back. I'm your host, Sharon Rose Washington, and thanks for emailing some questions to Sharon at whywearehere.info for our guest today. And we're back with our luminary guest, the eminent Charles Adakoff of the infamous Charles Adakoff Screening Room. Uh, right here in Beverly Hills, California. Charles? Yes, I'm still here. Now, you were talking about Henny Youngman, but before you do, let us let me ask you, because I mentioned uh, organizations, and there's a, a, a ton of them, but there's one in particular you want to mention, right? Okay, the one in particular I'd mention, I do so many of them. This one was for the American Heart Association, at which point I said to them, you know, I do so many of these, but to me... My favorite is the American Heart Association. And I was asked, why? Why them? I said, because as far as I'm concerned, the heart is my second most favorite organ. Oh, God, Charles. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. Now, let's, now, let's br- briefly talk about Henny Youngman. Yes, Henny Youngman. When Henny Youngman would come out on stage, he'd have the violin in his left hand near his ear, the bow in his right hand. As he's about to play, he'd stop and tell a one-liner. Then he'd start again with the violin and the fiddle. He'd stop again with the one-liner. You know, I worked with that guy for two years. I never saw him play that violin once. It might have been a prop. I don't know. I never heard him. He might have played well. I don't know. I never heard him. (laughs) Well, Charles, you have a wall of fame, you know, as you talk about Henny Youngman. And when I say wall of fame with photos on it, um, 
I, I mean walls of fame because you have the I likes call of it Am- a wall of shame. Wall of shame. Yeah, okay. well, you've got. You've got. I'm going to name a few people, and and then you can elaborate. But Anne Margaret, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, Ashton Kutchner, uh, Morgan Freeman, Ryan Seacrest. I mean, people that are even Dick Clark, people like that, and many, many more. And you said when you first started out, you told me that the thrill was to be able to see the films, but then you began looking forward to meeting all the celebrities. Is the feeling the same? Is the thrill still there for you? Uh, everything about the movie industry will always be up in my top of the the head, all of it, because every bit of it means something getting together and coming up with a finished product. And they spend so much time. All you people have to do is look at the end of the credits when the picture is over. You see usually three, four, five minutes of credits going through. They use hundreds of people to help make one film. So to me, everyone that's doing the business in the industry, they all deserve a lot of recognition. All of them. And they do it for us out there. Isn't that beautiful? Right. You've met and held screenings for, and I'm going to name more people. I love name dropping when it comes to you. Marlon Brando, uh, Gregory Peck, Charlton Heston, uh, Hedy Lamar, Kirk Douglas, uh, John Wayne, the late Orson Welles, and the Beatles even came by? It, yes, it they dis- came by in the old screening room, not this one. My old wow. screening room was at 9255 Sunset Boulevard. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you were there before, right here on, in, in Beverly Hills. Yes. And you I were spent the first 26 person- years there. Okay, and you were also the first person uh, to screen the Star Wars for George Lucas, as I mentioned earlier, right? Correct. Now, is there anyone you haven't met that you'd, that you'd like? I, I can't believe you haven't met. Is there anyone? Can you name someone? Um, that I haven't met? You mean from the new yeah. people or the old people? The new people, I've met almost everybody. I, yeah. mean, I see them at these uh, live auctions that I do. I see a lot of them there. But the one in particular in my old screening room, I'll never forget this one. I'm sure you'll like to hear it. Marlon Brando walks in, and he looks at all the pictures I have on the wall. And knowing Marlon, his expression would be, and you can't see this, with his hand, he's pointing at all the pictures, and he's saying, what's with you and all these pictures? And I said, Marlon, when you make it big, I'll have a picture of there with you, too. And he and I stepped back. I didn't know if he was going to come at me. So he said, no, no. He says, I'm serious. He says, I'll be happy to take one. Yeah. And oh that was God. Marlon Brando. That's a fantastic yeah. story. One of a kind, because it's dealing yeah. with you and Another dealing with Marlon Brando. Catherine Zeta-Jones comes in to the screening. She was being represented that time by William Morris Agency, and her husband was with her. He stayed in the room with me while she was inside watching the film. So I said, Michael, I said, I'll bet I see more of your wife than you do. He said, come on, Charles, cut it. He said, you don't believe me? I pulled out my cell phone. When it rings, it has a picture of me and Catherine Zeta-Jones on it, and it shows her in her Chicago outfit where there's a little desk. You see a little spot down here, you know, and he said... Catherine, come on out here. Catherine comes out to the room. She says, show her. I showed her a picture. She says, why don't you take that? I says, when you're doing Chicago. That's when I took the picture. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> well, well, my show, as you know, is called Why We Are Here. And what's your take on why we are here, Charles? Why we're here to entertain people. Beautiful. It, Beautiful. It's an entertainment industry, and I would say that more people uh 
see that than any other sporting event. However, it's not as much as it used to be because of all the different kinds of Netflix and all of the different channels that they have on now showing all the new films. And uh, people don't want to spend the 10 12 or $15 at the screening. So it's cut down a lot. But nevertheless, people want to see it on a big screen. That's where they come. Well, we have a few questions. We want to get into these questions. Are you ready to answer a few questions from sure. people out there? Okay. Our first question is from Sarah, and she's from Las Vegas, Nevada. She wants to know um, who you may have met that left the biggest impression on you ever. Uh, the biggest impression of all times was still Orson Welles. Now, when Orson came in, that's when I saw him for the first time. We sat down. We had a lot of conversation. I have a picture of him on the wall. And he was, without a doubt, a wonderful, wonderful magician, besides being an actor and a director. And he was great at it. I know that. That's one. Another one, naturally, when Catherine Zeta-Jones came in, I was a little, <laughs> shall I say, taken back a little bit because uh, I had to be very careful with her because her husband was in the next room. <laughs> Well, she's gorgeous, she's, and she's oh, a great she actress. Oh, gorgeous, yeah. And then another one, Charlize Theron, also gorgeous. Beautiful so, young lady. Sophia Loren. Is that who you who just said? Who did you just say? Uh, uh, Charlize Theron. Oh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. Okay. okay. Beautiful girl. Next question is from Max. Max is from the Bronx in New York, and he wants to know, are you still learning about technology uh, in film and projection, and do you still find it fascinating? He's a film major at NYU. Well, yes. Everything is moving up all the time. When they just had plain films, silent to sound and sound, and into different types of uh, films that you have, uh, the DVDs, the, uh, all of them. It's unbelievable how they come up. And now I can tell you it won't be long. They're already working on it. And within the next year or two, you'll be able to get a film directly over the air, it'll come right into the screening room. You won't have to have film anymore. That's what they're working on now. That's going to eliminate a lot of people's businesses. They're carrying the film, shipping the film. They'll all come in over the air eventually. Wow. Okay, we have... Thanks, Max, for that question. You just opened up a whole can of worms, Charles just told us. We have a question from Sydney, and he's from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Sydney wants to know if you lecture at all and give advice or talk about the beginning of Hollywood and film. He thinks it'd be great to hear more about the early days and the film industry and you in it. Uh, thanks, Sydney. What, what do you have to say to that, Charles? Okay, anytime you want to send me plane tickets with a reservation at the hotel with food, I'll be delighted to come out and lecture <laughs> for as long as you want. Just let me know when. <laughs> okay. Um, Carl from Monterey, California. He wants to know if you have an internship program, and if so, um, how does he interview to be an intern? Well, the internship is being done here by an associate of mine. It's called Lightyear, and they usually use the young ladies that they've been using for the uh, uh, interview internship, and they seem to be working out fine, and if anyone out there is interested, all they have to do is call, send a picture, etc., and then we turn it over, and if you're in town, they may interview you. Fantastic. One last question we're going to ask um, is from Arturo. Arturo is from Tucson, Arizona, and he'd like to know if you've written a book, um, whether it be your life story or just tricks of the trade in being a projectionist. Well, you bring up a good point, because right now, 
I'm in the process of being uh, worked on for a documentary, and it will contain everything that has to do with the industry, how I started and all, and I'm sure that within the next year or so, maybe for the next Academy Award nominations, they may put that up, and it will be called The Projectionist. So try to remember that, but that won't be out for months in advance, months from now. That's wonderful, Charles. I, I think it's, it's timely for you. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel you've served your purpose through your work, or, or is there something more, even more, like your well, organizations? I've done about everything in the industry that I can do, and I'm very happy to discuss it with anybody that ever wants to ask about it. I'm delighted. I'm here every day at my screening room. In fact, every Sunday afternoon, I show a brand-new film for my friends and family, and they're always invited to come down to watch it. And if you're ever in town, just call me, tell me who you are. You are invited with a guest. If she's pretty, I'd even like that better, okay? <laughs> do you have a motto? Do you have a motto to live by, Charles? Because you, you, you say my you're motto, 98. Yes, my motto is this. How did I get to be this way? I tell people up front, when I get up on stage, I thank them, and when they tell me about being there, and I tell them I'm very happy to be there. At my age, I'm happy to be anywhere, which I said before. Mm-hmm. However, I would then go on and tell them that, you know, people are always asking me. One time, every day, someone says to me, Charles, for God's sake, why don't you retire at your age? I said, how can I retire? Who would take care of my parents? Oh, <laughs> 98 is me, I, so, you know. So, but you look fantastic, and you've got a spirit that's even greater. What Do you have any secrets? Do you have anything to tell us that's your secret? That keeps, yes. No, not, get, not just any secret. Don't tell any secret out there. Out there that no, keep, no, this that, one I can tell is good. Okay, okay. I can tell. They say to me usually, what do I attribute my longevity to? And I tell them, fast horses and slow women. I told him if it was the other way around, I would have been dead 50 years ago. <laughs> that's true. What? That's true. You switch that around. That's true, Charles. Yeah. Now, I have a question before we go, and, and, yep. and, uh, and I want to say I'm in love with the Matrix movies, and, I have, and this is my question. Do you take the red pill or the blue pill? If it's a woman, I'll take the red pill. If it's a man, I don't even want to take the blue pill. Because okay. I want to have nothing to do with men that way. I just love women. Okay. Okay. So it's, it sounds like you said the red pill then. Is that the red pill? Yeah. What would that be? Well, Is that Cialis or Viagra? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Charles, it's been a pleasure having you on Why We're Here. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure being asked to do it. Take care. And we'll be right back with my next guest, Canine Connections, very own Juliet Bainon. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
Wouldn't you love to experience formidable personal transformational changes to highly benefit your life and those around you? Do you want to eradicate anything holding you back from living with focused clarity in a harmonious lifestyle of the highest of intent, vitality, and abundant well-being? Empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington is here to assist you in the revolution of your evolutionary self. In these unpredictable times, it is important to connect with one's own pure inner power base of expansive creativity, heightened intuition, and radiant fulfillment. To contact visionary Sharon Rose Washington for information or to make an appointment, call 323-960-5167 or email Sharon at whyweareherein.info for a free introductory consultation. For immediate empowerment coaching and energetic transformational healing services, please call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-HEAL. It's time to celebrate the joyful life of the authentic origin you were meant to live. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Welcome back to Why We Are Here with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. If you have a question about the program or would like to share a comment, please send an email to Sharon at whyweareherein.info. That's Sharon at whyweareherein.info. Now, back to the show. And we're back with the second half of the show, Why We're Here. I'm Sharon Rose Washington. My next luminary guest is Canine Connection's very own chief organizer, Juliet Bainon. And Juliet served as the project director for Canine Connection. That's what she does in a nonprofit program that reshapes the lives of teens in vulnerable and threatening community situations while placing them in a program of encouragement with shelter dogs. Since its founding eight years ago, Canine Connection has served 420 youths on their way to wholeness while also finding adoptive homes for 348 loving dogs to date. Now, Juliet Bainon has more than 29 years of experience in developing strategic marketing, promotional, and identity programs that have helped to create successful careers in both profit and nonprofit businesses throughout Southern California. And we're honored to have her here. Hi, Juliet. It's a pleasure to have you on Why We're Here. Welcome. Hi, Sharon Rose. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Well, I remembered, um, and I mentioned that you're the project director for the organization Canine Connection uh, that places teens and dogs together. Tell us when it all started and how it all began. It's an amazing program. Yes, it, it really is, and it's it's very unique. Um, uh, we find that a, a lot of the volunteers that come to us are looking for, oh, you know, I want to volunteer and help kids, and I want to, but I also want to help dogs. And then they find us, and it's like, oh my gosh. Kids and dogs together, this is nirvana. Uh, so uh, basically eight years ago, the two uh, women founders, uh, Pat Sinclair and Catherine Beatty, were volunteers uh, for a humane education program. It was um, an experiment where they paired uh, middle school students with shelter dogs. And, you know, they didn't have any science behind it. They just said, you know, this, this seems like a really good idea. And it really sparked the idea for our two founders. Like, we would love to do this program. We'd love to formalize it and make it a free program to uh, schools. Actually, the target age is high school. Mm-hmm. And um, these are not students in regular high schools. They're in continuation schools. 
so so it's it's two populations. It's teens that are in need of of some help as well as shelter dogs who are homeless. Beautiful. Now when someone reaches out to younger people to help them, I always want to know if if they had someone in their life who was there. So did you have a mentor or someone there for you early on in life? I, I did. It was my grandmother, uh, and um, I, we, we were very connected um, always. And, and where I, I grew up with sort of a problematic mother. Um, I don't know. She seemed like she was always, you know, going through extreme menopause or something. And it was, it was really tough for me as a, as a young blossoming uh, young woman um, to, to, you know, ta- to cope with that um, mm-hmm. while I was also trying to, you know, be uh, a popular young person. You know, it was, it was kind of a struggle. And my grandmother was always the one who would just, you know, she was the zen of my life. She would say, you know, you're fine. <laughs> you know, you're... Mm-hmm. You're a wonderful, lovely person, and um, you don't need to worry about this. So it, it was. It was. It is really great to have, you know, um, somebody who who is there, like a tether to um, to hope and to a way to succeed. I mean, even just someone saying that you're fine. I mean, that just that alone means something to a young person. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, yeah. We have a brief we have a brief sound bite uh, for our listeners, and uh, with you and a few of the youth speaking about the organization Canine Connection. Let's take a listen. Okay. The program brought a few shelter dogs in to be trained by a number of middle school students, and we were really inspired by the bond that we saw develop so quickly between the dogs and the students, and we decided that we could develop a program that would really take advantage of that bond. The program is designed to bring kids in challenging situations together with homeless pets. I actually was going through rough times, uh, and... This program being here at the teen center was actually a pretty positive effect on me. I have a pretty extensive criminal record, anything from drug dealing, robberies, assault. That was great. That was fantastic. And and you have kids from uh, all over Southern California that uh, join in the program, Juliet? There are seven programs right now, um, and they're three weeks long, so, so no sooner do we do a program, then we turn around and get ready for the next one. So we are concentrated uh, right now at the con- continuation schools that are in mostly the West L.A. area. That's, that's where we're actually part of OPCC, which is mm-hmm. the, the parent nonprofit organization, and Canine Connection is a project of OPCC. Um, and where we fit into that uh, scheme is that OPCC is... Uh, all about helping the homeless population in Santa Monica, um, and where we're a little different with that, we do uh, help uh, teens, um, the, the teen population, as well as homeless dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so we are focused in that area, but, but at the same time, <laughs> we were uh, canine was featured um, on the Natural Balance uh, show TV show one time, and Caesar Milan was came to the Canine Connection program. And from that one show, people from all over the world have called in saying, how do we do this program? 
So mm-hmm. our founders are mentoring people in different countries, um, I mean, all over, all over the United States, um, all over the world, basically, where, you know, each situ- situation is going to be different. Um, we are helping them or, or, you know, trying to help them to the ex- extent possible. How do you put a program like this together? That's great, because this, this show, as you know, is international as well as national. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, now, I know you're a lover of dogs, and I have two Harlequin Great Danes that I'm in love with. And there are statistics that's, that people say uh, when you have pets, or I like to say familiars, uh, in mm-hmm. the home, you, you live longer. You know? Oh, uh-huh. What's yeah. the magic? What's the magic, do you think, between the dogs and the teens? The magic is where, where it's different with a teen trying to work with another teen, one of their peers, and, and even a teen they get along with. There's something about the dog that makes them immediately empathetic. Uh, they immediately feel for that dog. The dog, in return, shows just unconditional love. The dog wants to be loved, wants to be guided. And, uh, and it, the, the miraculous part is most of these teens do not have animals at home. Or, or they'll say they had a dog and they don't have the dog anymore. So there's different circumstances why they can't have their own animal. But they are fearless when it comes to... You know, they get paired up with this dog. We, we go through what we call speed dating, where they get to meet all the dogs on the first day, and then they, they say which dogs they have a rapport with. And so they're paired with a dog for that three-week program. And during that time, there's a bond that's just amazing. And what they realize is that the dog really wants to learn commands. They want to be told what to do. I mean, dogs don't want to be the, the alpha, you know. They, they want the person to say, here's what we want you to do. Um, and then they get rewarded. We use uh, uh, treat rewarding, and they get a lot of praise. There's a lot of, when you go out on the field and you see the kids working with their dogs, you hear them say, good dog, or over, or, you know, the funny thing is a kid trying to go through the tunnel to show how the dog goes through the tunnel. Um, and so it's it's really amazing thing to watch. And, That's fantastic. And yeah. That's fantastic. What makes you do what you do? What's 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 the connection between uh, the dogs chosen in your program? What what makes you do what you do? Um, I I was drawn to uh, I think the same reason um, that volunteers are. I was definitely drawn to hearing about canine connection because of of being able to help both. Um, both teens and dogs, um, and so it's 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 a very in a way it's a it's a very complex kind of program because you have to go in and uh, interview the students. You have to end up picking eight students, which is sometimes hard because maybe twenty of them will want to be in the program. And then after we pick the students, which we just did for the next program, we go to the shelter and we do what we call temperament testing. So we will. We will look at the dogs in the shelter and, and decide whether or not they would be good for the program. Uh, so we're picking, we're picking eight dogs, and then um, you know, <laughs> the, the first day is kind of chaotic because um, you know everybody's meeting for the first time. We also have a volunteer for each student and, and dog pairing, and and then we're in a new school, and you know we have shelter dogs who don't even know why they're there. You know they've been picked up in our canine van and brought to this location. 
So what I love about it is is just no day is ever the same, um, and each day is real progress. I mean, you really see the results um, of, of what you do each day. Okay, well, we have to take a short break for commercial, but we'll be right back to share more from my gracious guest, Juliette Bainon. Program Director of Canine Connection. Please contact me on Twitter at Sharon Isis Rose or go to my webpage, IsisRoseCreations.com, and send us an email if you have any questions for our awesome guest, Juliet Bainon. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Wouldn't you love to experience formidable, personal, transformational changes to highly benefit your life and those around you? Do you want to eradicate anything holding you back from living with focused clarity in a harmonious lifestyle of the highest of intent, vitality, and abundant well-being? Empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington is here to assist you in the revolution of your evolutionary self. In these unpredictable times, it is important to connect with one's own pure inner power base of expansive creativity heightened intuition, and radiant fulfillment. To contact visionary Sharon Rose Washington for information or to make an appointment, call 323-960-5167 or email Sharon at whywearehere.info for a free introductory consultation. For immediate empowerment coaching and energetic transformational healing services, please call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-HEAL. It's time to celebrate the joyful life of the authentic origin you were meant to live. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Welcome back to Why We Are Here with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. If you have a question about the program or would like to share a comment, please send an email to Sharon at whywearehere.info. That's Sharon at whywearehere.info. Now, back to the show. Hi, and welcome back with my special guest who unconditionally gives from the heart canine connections, Juliet Bainon. You here, Juliet? Yes, I am. Now, you've placed so many dogs in homes, and you've worked with so many young teens. Um, do you have a few success stories you can share with us, or at least one good one? Oh, definitely. Um, I find that um, the, the, the most interesting stories are the, the student who really doesn't know what the program is going to be about. Um, and uh, we, we have a, a recent student who said he signed up for Canine Connection to skip second and third period, which which is very funny. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get out of you know school and I'll just go do this program. You know, how bad could that be? Um, and and when he got there, um, you know, he didn't know what to expect, and he he wanted to be kind of a kind of a tough guy. Um, he was on house arrest, um, and. Uh, you know, we we knew that there were some challenges, and and he his his um, demeanor was more about oh I want a pit bull and and I I really want to see oh let's have these two pit bulls you know confront each other 
and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And to the point where one of the volunteers came to me and she was a little alarmed with the comments he was making. This is not the kind of program that we have. And uh, so I thought about it that, that night. And um, we did have a couple of pit bulls in the program. But I decided to assign a Boston Bull Terrier to him, and which turned out to be the smallest dog in the whole program. And he was not happy. Uh, and, and, and he... He had to, you know, like, oh, okay, I've got this little tiny dog, you know, what am I do? And, and anyone that goes, and, and I know you've seen the video, he is talking at graduation at the video, and he oh. said, I made it really clear I wanted a big dog, you know, and, and he talks about it, and everyone's laughing, at, and his last words at his graduation presentation is, but it turns out Joey wasn't the smallest dog, he was the biggest dog of all. And it was oh. like, oh, my gosh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And oh. the transformation of this student in three weeks is just great. And, and we've checked back with him. Uh, we go back every month to check back with the students while they're still in that high school. And he is making great progress. Uh, in fact, he's going to be part of our next program that we're just about to start. So we're, it, it, it was just it was a really great story and, and a real turnaround for him as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. It actually fits really well into uh, this being the Empowerment Channel because your program is definitely uh, a program of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's your take on why we're here? Well, that, I, you know, I, I, was, I was giving that a lot of thought because um, I, I think it's a really interesting question, and I think... For the most part, most people want to have a sense of meaning and purpose in their life, which is a positive motivator both at home and work. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of frustration on the part of people trying to figure out what that is. Um, there are people, you're almost envious of the people that know from the outset, oh, this is what I'm born to do, and that's what they do. And there's other People that discover it along the way or, or even stumble upon it on the way. Um, in my case, I, I took several decades to actually get to this dream job because um, I started out wanting to counsel teens and also wanting to help dogs. But I got rerouted and became a creative person um, for uh, all those years. And, and what I find is that... Um, you know, where I, where I could say, oh, my gosh, it took me forever to get here. Um, I also think that what I learned along the way has brought a lot of value to what I'm doing now. There's, there's no way that I could do the kind of job I'm doing now without having had that experience and without knowing how to be creative and knowing how to market and, and brand um, certain organizations so that so that they are unique and so that people understand what their value is. Yeah. Um, well, you're, de- you're definitely giving back. We've got a couple questions here. We want to make sure we get these questions in for sure. you. Uh, the first question is from Karina Kay. Uh, Karina Kay is from Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and she, she wants to know what skills are needed to do uh, the work that you're doing. She's a college student at the University of North Carolina. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's see. Um, I would say I'm, I'm what they call a project director. As project director, you um, have to have a lot of organizational skills. 
because there's <laughs> for for from the time I was hired, actually, I was the only employee, and now I'm I'm just about to hire uh, another full time person. So um, I would say that the ability to um, you know to to take a look at an organization where it is and where you want it to go. I mean, you have to you know you set strategic goals for that organization. Where do you want to where do you want it to be in a year or two years? So there's there's that aspect where um, you know all nonprofits are struggling for you know uh, for funding. Um, so one of the things that you have to learn to be good at is um, grant proposals and fundraising and doing events that bring in funds. There's all these components. So where you have a budget, you have to meet that budget and and hopefully you know exceed past that um, so that the nonprofit can continue to grow, but you're also very dependent on volunteers. So the other thing you have to be good at is rallying those volunteers to show up. They're, you're asking them to come for free because they love being there. Um, so it's giving them a sense of esprit de corps. Um, it's also rapport building with the schools and with the people that work at the shelters and um, you know, just just all the all the different pieces that have to come together. Okay. That, yeah. All right. I don't we know have that, a, okay. That's no, that's perfect. Perfect okay. answer. We want to get another quick question in because uh, we're almost almost a little bit of time left here. Okay. We have another question from Luis, and he's from Riverside, California. Uh-huh. He wants to know if you if you stay in touch uh, with the teens and and alumni. Do you have alumni events uh, to invite some of the kids later on and and the dogs? Actually, yes. Um, the answer is yes. What we do, um, we have what we call a check back with um, each of our teams. We go back every month to all those seven locations. Um, so we visit with any team that is still there. We work with them on their goals. Uh, we help them um, if they're looking for jobs or whatever it is they're trying to do. They're usually trying to graduate from high school. Um, uh, so we do that. We also have a, an annual event where we invite any student who's ever been with K-9 to come, we actually pay them each $20 to come to our big event and work at the event. Last year we had 30 students come to the event and be ambassadors for, for K-9. What can uh, we do out here? What can we do out here to help uh, Juliet? Uh, well, we're, we're all about donations, uh, unfortunately. Um, so we have a website. Um, it's uh, www. Uh, canineconnection.org and um, there's a donate button so you know we appreciate you know no no gift is too small Um, it's it's really important for us you know to have the funding to to continue doing what we do okay and I have one question before we go and and I'm in love with the Matrix movies and I have a question Ah. okay do you take the red red pill or do you take the blue pill oh how about purple? Okay, uh, good. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love the color purple, and you know, I I, I think life is a combination of bliss and reality. Um, oh, so I like I like the combination. Okay. Well, thank you, Juliet. It's been wonderful having on why we are here. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Have a pleasant evening. Bye bye. And now for my final thought. My guests today are true givers who find it second nature to serve from the spirit of the heart. 
They're extraordinary examples of resilience and dedication that clearly answers the question why we're here. Their careers teach us to make time for others and how significant it is for every life to make a connection that brings joy, whether it be a moment suspended in time from watching a great movie projected on a wall that emits core emotion, allowing us to feel, or from a liaison relationship between an empathetic canine and a child in need of love, affection, and positive direction. We are all gifts and gifted if only we seek to be all we're meant to be. And I'm both lucky and blessed to be able to call both Charles Adakoff and Juliet Bain on my friends. And it's an honor to share them with you on why we are here. And it's, it's a dream I had and it's now fully realized. We all have to take a moment, pause in wonder, and pontificate on why we are here. No life is meaningless. No breath is wasted. We're all a beautiful, natural part of creation making life happen. Until next time, please keep me in your heart. And I promise to always keep you in mind. Remember the kingdom, queendom lies within. Always stay rooted in Mother Earth, lifted by Father Sky, and continue to walk side by side with the ancestors. Have an enchanting evening. I'm your host, empowerment coach, visionary author, Sharon Rose Washington. We hope you've enjoyed listening to visionary author Sharon Rose Washington and her insightful luminary guest. Please join us for another powerfully transformative show next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on Why We Are Here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For questions, information, and appointments, Sharon can be reached at Sharon at whyweareherefo Or for direct empowerment coaching and healing, call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-HEAL. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.